Hello and welcome to the Olive Tree Podcast, hosted by When Wisdom Calls. We hope and pray this episode gives you insight and uplifts your spirit. So without further ado, let's get straight into it. Shambom, shambom. So, just a very brief, or hopefully brief, um, hopefully a brief thing. So this morning, well actually really last night, it was a very rough night, and he woke me up during the the early hours of this morning, and he really impressed on, upon me, but also revealed more things to me. The fact that we are in a season of repentance, and we do have seasons of repentance, uh, everybody is free to repent, but in seasons of repentance, he obviously receives us repenting. Then there is a season of reward, that even if people repent during those times, it's a season of reward. So you are receiving the reward of your actions. And so we're coming towards an ending of a time of repentance, a season of repentance. And we're going to enter a period of time when he will rec- he will partake of the rewards. And he will dish them out. And a lot of people aren't going to be prepared for that. Because our paradigm on who our Lord is doesn't match, in our modern sense, to what the ancient understanding of who our God is and was and who he is to be as he comes. And so, as I was preparing to share this, he instructed me to read through the Psalm of Moses. So Psalms 90. So a prayer of Moshe, Isha Elohim, the man of God. Adonai, you have been our dwelling place in every generation. Before the mountains were born, before you had formed the earth and the world, from eternity past to eternity future, you were God. You bring frail mortals to the point of being crushed, then say people repent. For from your viewpoint, a thousand years are merely like yesterday or a night's watch. When you sweep them away, they become like sleep. By morning, they are like the grass, uh, the growing grass, growing and flowering in the morning, but by evening cut down and dried up. For we are destroyed by your anger, overwhelmed by your wrath. You have placed our faults before us, our secret sins in the full light of your presence. All our days ebb away under your wrath. Our years die away like a sigh. The span of our life is 70 years, or if we are strong, 80. Yet at its best, it is toil and sorrow. Over in a moment, and then we are gone. Who grasps the power of your anger and wrath to the degree that the fear due you should inspire? To teach us to count our days so that we may become wise. Return, Adonai. How long must it go on? Take pity on your servants. Fill us at daybreak with your love so that we can sing for joy as long as we live. Let our joy last as long as the time you made us suffer, for as many years as we, ex- we experience trouble. Show your deeds to your servants and your glory to their children. May the favor of Adonai, our God, be on us. Prosper for us all the work that we do. Yes, prosper the work that we do. And so we have this really skewed idea of what the wrath of God is. And we, we romanticize things, we rebuke other things, we reject things altogether. But here in this text, and I want to explain how biblical texts work, if it speaks of a concept and then ties another concept to it, it means they are intrinsically linked. 
Okay, so for instance, it speaks about Nazarites and priests and prophets. So a Nazarite, the one who takes a Nazarite vow, has a priestly duty and they have the ability to outwork a prophetic duty as well. And so that's how it works. So if Adonai says in a text that keeping his rulings and love are united, then it means that they are intrinsically connected. If loving God and the fear of the Lord are put in the same passage, it reveals the fact that they are the same thing. So here, in this passage, we see anger, we see wrath, and we see love. And so from Adonai's point of view, his discipline to us is the same as him loving us. And so for us to say we love the love of God, but then we despise his discipline, we're actually saying we despise the love of God, regardless of whether we love it when it's the time of the hug, but we despise it when it's the time of the smack of the bum. In the text, it says that they are the same thing. Love, anger, and wrath are the same thing. Why is wrath the same thing? How, the, how can that be? So ahava in Hebrew is the word love. And ahava intrinsically reveals a personhood. So there's no connotation really of emotion per se, but rather a person. That is Ahava. So Adonai Ahava, God is love. So Ahava, love, is a person, it's God, it's Adonai. And then Ahava has two things a part of it. The action of Ahava is called Din, judgment, to be weighed or measured. And then there's two gifts given from Din, either Chesed or Katsaf. Chesed is kindness, mercy. Katsaf is wrath. But the connotation of Katsaf isn't just this losing of the mind to the point that he utterly despises. No. The view of Katsaf is he has looked through the world for a testimony of righteousness and found none. So he puts the people in a place where they must decide to repent or to rebel. But to decide properly, you must taste both decisions. And that comes from the action of love. And it's a reward, it's a gift. As it says here, when we are overwhelmed by by this wrath or his anger, it's actually him saying, people repent, choose me. But like in the garden, he's going to say, don't do this, but it's actually your choice. You have my instruction, don't touch the tree of in the center of the garden. Don't touch any of those trees in the middle of the garden. But we still have the free will to do so. And so it's the same here and now. So wrath and grace are both gifts from the action of love. And if we see it properly, biblically, we will not fear these times. As David didn't fear these times, he willingly went, Lord, I know I've done wrong. I recognize that the time of repentance is finished. The time of reward is given unto me. So I will choose this reward at the end of 2 Samuel. And even then Adonai relented because people repented. Because wrath's job is to reveal to us repentance. However, the recompense is also required. And people will go, but Yeshua has dealt with the recompense on the cross. Well, if that was the case, then how in Revelations, in Jude, and in James does it talk about, and even in the epistles of Paul, does it talk about the recompense if you're not careful? 
Yeshua himself says, I have this against you, and if you do not repent, then I will give you this recompense. I'll remove your lampstand. And look, you that forbade the Jezebel woman, I will destroy all that slept with her if they do not repent before me now. It is decided at the cross. What was decided at the cross? Because that's what the words mean in the Hebrew and the Aramaic. When he said it is finished, he actually said it is decided. What did he decide on the cross? We'll look at John chapter 3. For those that believe in me will not perish but have life everlasting. Or life enduring is what the word actually means. And all that do not stand condemned already. And then later on in the same text, he explains who are these people that believe in him. Only those that do the will of the Father. Only those that do the will of the Father believe in him. There's a time of repentance, then there's a time of the recompense. And we have to be okay with this thing. And so the word of the Lord here is, if you have repented, produce fruit that proves it. Don't just say, Adonai, I repent, and then continue doing sin. He says, go and sin no more. Come out from the world. Come out from this place. And do the will of the Father, of Av HaKodesh, the Holy Father. That is what he's calling us to do. And if we bow down to denominationalism, they are the idols upon our hearts. And what does he say in Ezekiel? Woe to these leaders who have put the idols at the forefront of their heart. They have carried their stumbling blocks with them. And then in the same text, he says, beware those who speak peace only, for they prophesy with a lying tongue. Adonai does not change. We all agree he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But we refuse to acknowledge the fact of what that actually means in implication. If he was willing to judge sin prior to Messiah, he is still willing to judge sin now. And what do the apostles teach? If you are a believer in Messiah and still sin, you are worse than an unbeliever. And if you are a believer of Messiah but live idly, you are worse than an unbeliever because you have already the promise of covenant but refuse to do covenant. Therefore, it is better that you never knew covenant beforehand because a time of recompense will come. And if you do not repent, you will shipwreck your faith and then it will be nigh impossible for you to come back in repentance outside of the mercy that he gives. Which is why we are told, outwork your salvation with fear and trembling. We don't do that today. And it is evident we are divorced from one another. Because we are divorced from the one we love. So there is a time of recompense coming, a time of reward to be given. And if we do not have fruit to show that we have repented, then to his eyes we have not repented and we are hypocrites. And what does it say that he will do to the hypocrites? He will give their reward in full measure, unless they repent before him. So this message is not just a thing of the past. He is prophesying this now. This is Niv Shifatayim, fruitful lips. And so do not be shocked when you see arising these prophets and apostles and even and, and others in the fivefold with very hard-hitting message of repentance. Because we're in a time where the apostasy is about to come. And if you believe that there is a difference between Old Testament and New Testament prophecies and prophets, you are sadly mistaken. 
because that is to say that the Lord's name is not unified. And that's actually breaking the command, do not profane the name of the Lord, or do not use the Lord's name in vain. It means do not hate your brother, because they are the image of the Lord. It means do not separate the word of the Lord from the Lord himself, because that is to profane his name. And so this Old Testament, New Testament pages are the most dangerous things that we've invented in the past 500 years. It's only 500 years old, and how many denominations have been formed? Over thousands, over 3,000 denominations in the past 500 years because we have this foolish argument of Old Testament, New Testament. These teachings are new. They're not the truth. And Yeshua himself attests to this. Do not think I've come to abolish the Torah or the prophets. I haven't come to abolish but to fulfill. Why do we then teach that the fulfillment of this is is abolition? So you think Yeshua is a, a liar and a hypocrite. If the answer is no, well then stop treating him as one. The word he said was lekum. I have not come to abolish, but to lekum, to affirm it, to confirm it, and to re-cement it. He came to finish the teachings. And if you look at early church history, for the, even after the apostasy hit, and there was a separation between the body of Messiah, even those that apostatized still kept thanking him for the Torah, for the patriarchs, for the covenants of old, that they are the foundation of the covenant we are in now. Things of the sort like, thank you God for your Torah, for your laws, for your precepts, for by these we learn how to love you more. Oh, but the law has been done away with. No, it hasn't. The law of sin and death is done away with. The Torah, or the law of spirit and life, or spirit and truth, is always been around. But we created something to oppress the word of the Lord. And if you are separating the word of the Lord, well then you're still living under the law of sin and death. There's a repentance required. And so if you have repented, show the fruits that you have. And if you cannot show the fruits that you have, well then Adonai will not see the repentance as true. It doesn't matter what you think. Doesn't he say that my thoughts are higher than your thoughts? Which means you can rationalize and justify as many things as you want. But if it doesn't fit his paradigm, if it doesn't fit his standard, then he's going to say this is under my standard. Oh, but the Messiah's kindness. Even the Messiah despises sin. He heals people, go and sin no more. And we see this as well as he comes back. Okay, Ananias and Sapphira died because they sinned. They profaned the spirit. Not because they robbed, but because they lied to the spirit instead of confessed. They could rationalize the reason as to why. And yet they were still given their recompense. Okay, the church in Corinth, they profaned the name of Adonai by not taking communion properly. And there was people getting sick and there was people dying. That was the Messiah's hand. Oh no, but he's loving and the God of the Old Testament was a tyrant. If you believe that, that's Gnosticism. You must repent of that now. The Father and the Son are one. And then the Shema. Shema Yisrael, Adonai, Adonai, Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God and he is one. 
So if the father and the son are one, they're the same individual, they're the same being, they're the same person. And to declare that one was a tyrant and the other is nice, that is Gnosticism, that is heresy. And we must repent of that now. So don't be shocked, as I said earlier, when these people, these prophets, apostles, and others in the fivefold start coming with these hard, heavy, and apparently heavy-handed messages of repentance. This isn't heavy-handed, this is simply the reality of the fact. And it hasn't changed from generation to generation. So we're coming to a time of receiving rewards. And those that are repentant shall receive the mercy. And those that haven't shall receive the wrath. But remember, Katsaf isn't this, this senseless violence. It's, I haven't found righteousness. There's no echo in you that echoes me. So I'll now put you in a place where you must decide to live with the echo that, you're, that you are, or to repent and become my echo once more. But you will taste both so you can make a decision. And it is all throughout Scripture. All throughout the public canon, all throughout the temple library, all throughout. History books filled with it. So to say that my denomination doesn't agree, that is your idol. It's not the word of the Lord. Because if Yeshua walks in and you rebuke him because he says something you don't like, and your idolatry doesn't agree with, well, he's the king of the universe. Your denomination is a baby being here five minutes. Beware these lying traps. And I recognize people are going to like to hear this. And look, if you disagree, that's fine. We can have a discussion about it if you would like. But if this is the Bar Adonai, if this is the word of the Lord, it doesn't matter whether you like it or not, it doesn't matter if you agree or disagree. Point in case, who loves wars? Not many people. I don't like the fact that there is a war going on between Russia and Ukraine. But just because I don't like it doesn't mean that it's not happening. I don't like the fact that Israel is consistently bombarded by Hezbollah, by Hamas, and by now the Palestinian terrorist group. Just because I don't like it doesn't mean it's not happening. It doesn't mean just because I disapprove of it, it's going to cease. In the same way, just because we hear the word of the Lord and we may disagree with it, does not mean by any stretch of the imagination that it will not happen. And point in case, Jeremiah and Ezekiel spoke, and various other prophets actually as well, spoke about exiles. So many people didn't like it. Did it happen though? Yes. So the word of the Lord will come to pass irrespective of whether you agree with it or not. Because God's not a respecter of our thoughts, he's a respecter of the covenant. And if you love God and you understand him, you will depart from every false way. And what does it say? That there is a rejected stone that has become the chief cornerstone of the kingdom. And those that have rejected him, this stone is now a stumbling block. So if you reject the word of Messiah, who is the Father as well, if you reject the word of Moshiach, then that word will become your stumbling block. And you can't say, but Lord, I didn't know. Of course you knew, you just rejected it. Because comfort is your God. And Adonai is not. So there is a repentance. You can't serve two masters. So you either forsake your will and receive his will, or you forsake his will and receive your own will. But there is payments for both. And we're coming to the end of this season of repentance. And each each age has many seasons of repentance and, and many seasons of reward.
It doesn't mean that God is not good. It reveals that he is the righteous judge and he will remain the righteous judge. Legitimately in Hebrew, Tzedakah Hadin, the judge of righteousness. That is who he is. He is also Melech HaOlam, the king of the universe, but he is also Av HaKodesh, the Holy Father. We come to him in recognition with reverence with all with Yiratatonai, the fear of the Lord. And as we come with him in the fear of the Lord and we approach him and we speak to him, he then chooses how he will speak back to us, whether as the Holy Father, whether as the friend, whether as the lover of our soul, or whether as the righteous judge or the king of the universe. That's his prerogative. But we come before him, not groveling, but in reverence. And then we simply respond to how he responds to us. And if you're listening to deceiving lips saying there's only peace, there's only peace, there's only peace, they are a lying tongue. Because what does our Messiah say himself? There will be wars and rumours of wars until all these things that I have spoken have come to pass. There are so many things that he has spoken that are yet to come to pass. So there will be wars and rumours of wars. There will be persecutions and tribulations yet to come. So let's humble ourselves before Adonai and repent and show fruits that prove our repentance to show that we are the standard of Adonai and we will receive a great measure, a great reward for it. But let's not be people who receive our reward in full because it's a temporary reward here and the eternal reward is lacking. And to those that, are, that think this is, a, this is heresy, you will be very shocked when you read the early church writings to find that the apostles that we respect and love say these things as well. You will find it all through the epistles and you'll find it in all the apostolic writings of the first three centuries of church history. And then you'll see it all throughout Israel's history. And so if that is the teaching of the way and you can you can track it from when the apostasy hit beforehand to Messiah and then before that all the way through to the garden, it is the truth, irrespective of whether we like it or not. So again, as the baptizer and as Messiah said, who has warned you of these coming punishments and you say you repent, but you have no fruits, have no fruits to show it. So if you have repented, produce fruits to prove it. And the Father will give you the reward. But if not, the other reward is afforded you as well. In its stead of the reward of kindness. Our Messiah and the baptizer prophesied these in days gone by. They're prophesying it again now. So this isn't judgment per se. It's not a the Lord losing his mind to discipline because he hates us. Again, how it is in the Psalms. If there is wrath, there is anger, and there is love in the text, then it is all the same thing. You cannot have love without the wrath. But you cannot have the wrath without the kindness. And you can't have any of those without the judgment. 
because judgment is the action of love. He measures us and gives us the reward. And the reward will either be chesed or katsaf. It will either be grace or it will be wrath. Grace is affording those who are repentant. Wrath is afforded those that don't to bring them to repentance so grace can then be given to them. That's how it works and that's how it has always worked and that's how it will continue to work into eternity because our God does not change. So may we repent of these things, come back to the standard of Messiah, be baptized properly into the reality of who he is and we will see quite a different quite a different world because then you'll have so many people born of the spirit moving with the spirit instead of imposing their will on the spirit and they're the ones that messiah says depart from me i do not know you and again in the same passage only those that do the will of my father let's face it the will of the father and your will do not mix and if you think that your will is the will of the father you are sadly mistaken humble yourselves You only have shoulders for one will. It's either yours or his. They don't intermix. He will bless you with things, but that's not all the time. There is only scope for one will. Don't deceive yourselves and lie to yourselves by saying that I can do both. You can't. The only measure of our will that we should have is the ability and the choice to rip off our will, to receive his yoke, and to have the ability to say yes to him. Because as King David taught, if you truly know the Father, if you truly know Adonai, you will seek to depart from every false way. Because you know who he is, and you know what he loves. And if you know what he loves, you know what he despises. So why do we keep doing what he despises if we truly know him? If you're doing that and you keep doing what he despises and he keeps saying, how much longer shall I forbear you? And for those that disagree that he can say that, he says it all throughout scripture, but Yeshua himself says it to his disciples. How much longer should I put up with your misunderstandings and your pride? How can you not understand the parables of the kingdom yet? I've been with you three years. Yeshua says that to the disciples. He said that to me many times. <laughs> and if he'll say it to me, he'll say it to you too. So let us repent before him now and produce fruits that prove it. Return to him heart and mind. And allow him to guide us. If you're born of the spirit, do the will of the spirit. Don't try to mix the world with him. It's not going to work. Just like you can't mix light and dark together. Mm. Yeah. Adonai, teach us your ways. Shem Yeshua. Amen. Those with ears, let them hear what the Spirit is saying in this time. Shem Yeshua. Shalom, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Olive Tree Podcast. Your support means the world to us, so we're thankful that you joined us today. We are grateful to be able to provide this resource and many others to you for free. 
That being said, if you feel called to support our ministry, you can do so by heading over to whenwisdomcalls.com and click on the Give tab. Want to know more about what we do and how you can get involved? Well, you can check out our website for more details, whenwisdomcalls.com. Thanks again for listening, and we will talk to you next time.